What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Four Artists by Hardest. I am your host, Eddie Knight. This is season two, episode one, and I have a very special guest, another podcast host, another hip hop artist. It goes by the name of GQ. What's going on, my guy? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on the show. I met guys, I met GQ online at this on this app called Rizzle. It's like a little content creation platform. We've been uh you know, exchanging ideas on that platform for a little while now. So I'm glad I could have them on. Um, but yeah, man, uh, GQ, if you don't mind telling the people a little bit about yourself, man, uh, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff. All right. Well, um, I was born in New York, uh, but I spent the majority of my life in Sunrise, Florida. I currently live in Cross Springs, Florida right now. Um, but the majority of my life, I, I grew up in Florida, um, Love playing sports, basketball, track, soccer. Um, and then I got into uh, a little bit of poetry, and then that poetry started uh, converting itself into music because um, a lot of my, my poems, a lot of my friends were telling me, why don't you, you know, spit as a rap? I'm like, all right. And after a while, I was just kind of doing it for fun. Yeah. Um, but then um, I had a situation in 2005 where I got into a really, really, really bad car accident. I was dragged across three lanes of traffic. And um, I think my father was driving at the time. I was in the front passenger seat. We got hit by a cargo van. Um, and if you saw the vehicle, you would swear up and down that the person in the front passenger seat was dead or at the very least crippled. Yeah. And I, I I got out there scotch-free with just just a little bit of a, a minor um uh, scarring in my elbow with some glass that I had to get removed. But I took that as a wake-up call to kind of, like, take my talents and, and take it seriously and, and use it to uh, to, uh, you, to, to make make sure that I, I leave a, a really uh, strong mark with uh-huh. uh, my message and let people know that everybody has a purpose. Yeah, man, that is a a wild story right there, man. That's, that's pretty crazy. And well, I'll get back into that a little bit later on. I know you said you started doing poetry, man. I had a little bit of similar intro. I did a lot of poetry when I was younger, um, but never really tried to do anything with it. I didn't really start rapping until like college days and when I was already much older. So um, how was that transition in uh, from poetry to actually uh, putting it in like a rhythmic like rap style? Um, it was, it was surprisingly, um, uh, surprisingly easy, uh, yeah. because, uh, I had, when I was doing my poems around that time, I had friends that were, you know, doing the little beats on the table type thing and yeah, yeah. I kind of, uh, kind of adjusted, you know, the speed of my poems to whatever beat they were making. And then uh-huh. after that, I was like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta do something with this. Let me. How can I make my own music? I started using FL Studio, started making beats on there, and the rest is history. I feel that, my guy. I was uh, I didn't start rapping until college, so I was late on the FL Studio. I never got on FL Studio. Uh, by the time I started, GarageBand was already really dope, and you had a bunch of other softwares out there that was pretty dope as well. So I never did the FL stage. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but yeah, man, I I know you said you were from Florida, um, from Rizzle, man, and uh. But I did notice your style was not very Southern, not very uh, Florida type rap. And I always wonder where you're from. So it makes sense that you say you were from New York. Um, how, how long were you in New York before you moved to Florida? I think I was I think I was four, five when I moved down. 
but uh, my pops, because my pops and my uncle were DJs, uh, they were very influential in my musical taste. So they played a lot of East Coast stuff for me. And that's what I kind of latched on to. Okay, I feel that for sure. See, my mine was like I listened to mostly Southern music and West Coast music for my whole childhood. You know what I mean? All the outdoor grilling and parties. It was always West yeah. Coast music on. My sister was in love with Tupac at the time. <laughs> uh, so it was always Pac and Snoop and all them guys on. So um, gotcha. definitely grew up on a lot of West Coast and Southern music. I didn't really listen to any New York artists. I mean, obviously, Jay-Z has some cuts on the radio, but the first New York artist I really listened to was Nas. I remember being a kid in the One Mic video used to come on every morning before school and that's when I really start kind of like getting into hip hop as far as a, a fan goes and really researching and uh, looking up some of the greats man I, Nas was probably my first introduction nice nice mine mine was uh, LL Cool J okay okay yeah, LL Cool J and the bad boy stuff and, and I just went off from there then I kind of took a huge liking to Busta Rhymes as well because his style was just completely different from everybody else so. yeah he was animated, man. Very. He was ahead of his time for sure. Mm -hmm. I messed with Buster, man, and um, I know you were saying you said you listen to LL. I I grew up on LL, but not in his prime. Like I, w I was born in '92, so uh, he was okay. kind of past his prime then. Um, but he had like a random resurgence, kind of <laughs> in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a couple of projects that he put out just to kind of let people know, hey, man, I still do this. So yeah, so you you probably grew up on uh the hard spitting LL. I grew up on the I love you better uh you know like lover uh, love, love songs LL. When he calmed down, when he stopped being so aggressive. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of LL I grew up on and it was oddly enough he was always on like there was always doing some LL marathon or like uh some kind of behind the music type thing with LL. So I heard a lot of stuff like bad and all that, but yeah, I grew up on the lover boy LL versus the aggressive. Yeah, he's been around for a while. Yeah, man. One of the most impressive hip hop careers for sure, bro. But um, it was a couple of topics I wanted to get into with you, you know, knowing your stance on some things and uh also knowing your music and the type of content you create, man. Uh obviously it's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now, man. Um a lot of true colors being shown, a lot of uh crazy ignorant things happening but also a lot of beautiful things happening as well through that ignorance man i just kind of yeah. um, want to know as an artist and as a content creator podcaster do you feel the need um to create your content about that um about this stuff right now or are you continuing to just do what you've always done or, or do you feel the need to to touch on it as an artist and as you know a, a black artist at that um, I definitely feel like I need to. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, me and my pops actually had a conversation a couple of days back about uh, writing a script and making a short film to kind of highlight um, the severity of, of the situation that we're yeah. all dealing with. Right, right, right. Um, and I definitely want to uh, do a song on it as well. I mean, I, I've, I've seen I've seen this happen more than once. I don't know what it was about this particular time with George Floyd that really struck a chord with me, that, that really hit me in the face. That was like, you know what, you, you need to speak up here. I mean, it's one thing to see it happening and to, to feel a certain way, but if you have all these talents and, and are not really using it 
to uh, to raise awareness and spread a message yeah. of, of fair treatment, I feel like what's the point of even having these talents? Yeah, yeah man, uh, I feel that. And uh, yeah, man, a lot of people have kind of had that thought, like what's the difference between this one and any other ones? And I think it's a combination of things, man. One, people are just kind of at that boiling point. And um, two, this was a different one. You know, it's one thing, you know, being scared, whether it be unrightfully scared or not, and pulling out your gun and shooting like with this, like he was subdued. He was in handcuffs. People around him were like telling him like, yo, like he's not looking so high. And he just kept basically choking the man out with his knee, had his knee in the back of his neck, just kind of like literally you could like, I didn't even want to, I didn't watch the video, but from what I could hear, you pretty much just watched the life drain out of him, like right on camera. So I think that's, I think that, that kind of severity of the murder, like just blame, not caring for his life. Um, And the fact, what made, what hurt so much about it was the fact that, okay, this, this guy's what, 40 plus years old. Yeah. And he's screaming out for his deceased mother. That's serious. That messed me up. Yeah, man, it was uh tough to watch, and probably I probably would have did the same thing, man. Like it's it's scary, like thinking like that could be you. And I, I had those thoughts every time you get pulled over, man. Exactly. Um, yeah. All time. Yeah, man. Like he just screamed out for his mom. He was like, you know, he probably knew that it was probably a rap for him. Yeah. And that's uh that's and, some and scary the, stuff. It is. It's very scary because it's like that could be any one of us on any given day for no apparent reason. We could be and and the, the Brianna Taylor situation messed me up even more because it's one thing to be out in the street, it's one thing to be driving and get pulled over. It's a whole completely different story to be in the comfort of your own home and still get killed. Right, right. So that's so, definitely happened as well, man. Uh, and uh, what this one did, though, as unfortunate as his death was, this was the one that even white people were like, damn, like this, like something is wrong. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Like this one, uh, this one really woke up a lot of people because, you know, every situ every situation it left room for, well, he should have did this. You know what I mean? Even though if th- those remarks are, are ignorant and not correct, but you know, a lot of the other ones kind of left room for that. This one was like, <laughs> didn't have to happen at all. Yeah. And, and you know the sad the sad truth about this one is, I I really doubt that anything would be done had it not been taped. Yeah, man, that's even scarier of a thought for sure. Cause, yeah. cause that's probably right. Um, that's why I don't, I don't know if I agree. Like, um, what do you think about like nowadays, uh, pretty much everybody of these murders, the Eric Garner murder, the, um, this murder, everybody who has filmed it is now, being charged. Um, the guy who filmed the Eric Gardner murder actually just was released recently, but you know, everybody who has been filming has been getting time for filming. Um, so how do you, how do you feel about that? Cause it's kind of a 50, 50, like, yeah, you should probably not film it. It's kind of gruesome, but at the same time, if you don't like, we'll probably never hear about these things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why that's a charge because 
it's like, what else can we do as civilians? Because if <laughs> we're getting shot, we're getting shot. Yeah. Point yeah. So yeah, man. The only other thing we can do at that time is film as evidence. Because at least we're, we're, we're helping in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, man. That's definitely always a scary thought in a situation. I kind of dread like seeing that and like you either going to jump in and then give everybody, even though it's not a valid reason, uh, a reason to say you got what you deserved or whatever, once you get beat or killed or you sit there and film, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a a tough situation to be in for sure. Yeah. Because the cops, they don't know what they're there, uh, what, what you're there for. So as far as they're concerned, they're going to feel threatened if you step forward. Yeah, man. Crazy, crazy stuff going on, bro. But um, I know social media took to the blackout. Everybody posted the the black picture. Um, I don't know if you know where that originated from, but I, I'm really 50-50 on this as well because of where it was created from. It was actually, I don't know a lot of people know, but it was created by some people at in the music industry. It was to say, like, all right. We're not working today, according to them, you know, to take some time to reflect. Um, mm-hmm. But for a major corporation, I don't necessarily know what that does other than <laughs> kind of give you a day off. Um, as far as people not in the music industry doing it, I get it, you know, standard and solidarity type thing. I posted it as well, but I don't know. I feel like that doesn't do much if as far as the corporation side. Like, so how do you feel about I know what it turned into and it kind of turned into a good thing, but seeing how is it originated as just a um, record label tactic kind of thing. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I never really knew the origin. I just kind of um, like I posted it as well. And I kind of looked at it as I'm just showing my stance on the situation. I felt like if anybody posted it, at least from, from my perspective, I felt like uh, even though it kind of shows what your stance is in the situation. Right, right, right. And uh, on the, even if it really, you cut out right there, if you could repeat that part again. Oh, no, I was saying it just, it just shows, like, even if it's not really physically making much of a difference, it still uh, shows your stance in the situation. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, man. So, yeah, I definitely participated in, uh, I saw a lot of people um, kind of attacking people for it, so I just wanted to kind of get that out there and clear it up where it started. But um, in this time, man, I feel like anything, any type of support is needed and uh, definitely welcome as far as my perspective goes. Absolutely. Now, yeah, if man. people could just follow with more action and, 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 you know, going out there and voting and taking part in, um, you know, your, your city – yeah, man, we definitely got to start promoting voting on a local level a little bit more. Yeah. Um, everybody always talking about the presidential election, but uh, you definitely need to be voting for the electoral, I mean, for the people in your city, your county, um, especially your state as well, man. Yeah, those are just as important. Yeah, man. Um, so, all right, man, uh, we got <laughs> a little bit of that talk in. I, um, I know this is not like a political podcast, guys, but I feel like with all this going on, like we had to at least address it a little bit, um, but we will get back in to the music stuff. Um, so I asked you if you felt that you needed to make content to kind of fit the times and the things that was going on. Um, I know you just recently 
uh, put out an album. Could you uh, talk a little bit about that? Uh, the name of the album is Cross Examination, and I've been holding on to that music, man, for uh, at least five, six years. I've uh, been sitting on it because I was going through some things, um, you know, in life, and I got to the point where I'm like, well, man, like, well, there was two things going on. I had a lot of things going on emotionally as well, so I didn't really feel the, uh, I didn't really feel the need to release it earlier yeah. because I felt like nobody would care. But on the yeah. same token, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist as well, where like I'll be working on something and then I think I'm ready to release it, but then I hear something that I don't like and then I go back and I completely redo it over. Yeah, man. Uh, I feel that for sure on a perfectionist standpoint. I had to get over that, man. It's a, it's a, it's a different climate now. Um, and you've yeah. been rapping for a long time. Um, so um, you've kind of been a part of witnessing that climate kind of changed. You know, it used to be all about the, the album used to be all about that, building up that big release, putting out your album, kind of going away, promoting yeah, it, getting videos. Just dropping singles now. Yeah. Singles and just constant, you know, people want more of a constant stream of music versus one album and dipping, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, are you going to start implementing that type of release schedule into your future? Or are you going to continue to just, you know, do the album thing? Um, have you ever thought about doing like, I don't know, a single a month, couple singles a month, and then repackaging as an album at the end of, you know, the end of the year or something like that? You know what? I definitely uh, I definitely thought about that for a while. I was actually doing a little something on SoundCloud because I have a lot of content on SoundCloud that I don't have um, on Spotify or anything else. SoundCloud was basically uh, the platform that I used um, okay. that. You know, I just put my stuff there that I just do for fun. Not really right, right, right. stuff for the albums. Those were a lot of my mixtape stuff or just my one-off songs. Okay. Um, and what I would do is I would release something on SoundCloud maybe every other week, mm -hmm. building up like either a major mixtape or an album or whatever the case may be. Um, but what I want to do now, because I'm actually working on something uh, currently, I want to at least, I want to release at least maybe three or four songs spread out over a course of a couple of weeks before dropping the full project right, right. and I want to actually uh, get together with my team at those people entertainment uh, to do a few music videos for them as well. Getting closer to the end of the interview, man, uh, what are or who are your biggest inspirations as an artist? Okay. Um, definitely Will Smith. Uh, definitely um, Buster Rhymes, mm -hmm. uh, Lupe Fiasco. Mm-hmm. Ludacris, nice, and uh, artists like Lecrae, and The Truth, and Andy Mitchell. I'm eclectic. That's what's up, man. You got a lot of people that I really rock with, and I'm surprised. I was wondering, I was wondering if you're going to say Lecrae. I kind of noticed earlier in your career, you kind of were leaning more toward that um, Christian rapper lane. Not to kind of box you in, but you know, yeah. just kind of what I heard from some of your earlier stuff that I went back and listened to. Um, kind of had mm -hmm. that Christian rapper vibe and uh, you didn't, it's, it's not like you shifted away completely, you know what I mean? But it does sound like yeah, more, it would be more. Expansion. Yeah. 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 Because I've, I've come to learn that people are, are going to have a preconceived notion on what certain music is going to sound like. And because of that, they're not going to give the music a chance. Yeah, man, I feel that. 
Um, I get I get my spiritual stuff out of the way with the first couple, and then I'll uh, I'll do the you know broad stuff a little later. That's dope, man. Um, I actually battled with that a lot when I first started rapping. Like, yo, I was literally <laughs> my first year rapping. I mean, I was finishing school. My last two years of school, I was at a Christian college. So I was like, man, yeah. like, do I come out as a Christian rapper and talk about that type of stuff? Or do I just make music? And uh, it was kind of a dilemma for a, a really long time. And I ended up just kind of going my own path. But you know, with the type right. of production that I rap on and the style that I rap with, like, it's funny. Nobody ever notices that I don't even, like, really cuss in my music. So it's kind of funny. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's that's a good thing, man, because if you're rapping so good that they're not even, like, aware that you're not cursing, man, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And uh, it's funny that you mentioned Will Smith, man. It's definitely one of my favorite rappers as well. Definitely super underrated, kind of for the same reason. Oh, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Just because he was very clean, you know what I mean? Really clean cut. And he grew, he came up in the, the gangster rap era. So that's really tough to do. Oh, yeah. But he, he managed to pull off uh, a couple of Grammys in the process. Yeah, man. So, first first hip hop Grammy ever. Yeah. So, so props where props is due. Heck yeah, man. So those are some of your influences. Um, I know you said Lecrae as well. Like, it's funny. Like, people, everything the Craig puts out gets kind of labeled as Christian rap, but I don't necessarily view him as a Christian rapper. You know, obviously, know. He, obviously he's a Christian who raps, but exactly that that's the, that's the label that I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of following along those footsteps where, okay. People, people know where I stand with my faith. People get it now, but two albums in people should know, you know, where my heart is. Yeah. Now I can start getting to the meat of, you know, um, real world issues that everybody else can relate to. So it's kind of like musically, I've taken a journey of, okay, um, things that are going on that we all observe at the same time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I feel that. And yeah, man, that's how I've always felt about Lecrae, man. I think he's super underrated and gets overlooked a lot just because he's kind of labeled as a Christian rapper, but he yeah. raps better than a lot of people oh, absolutely. in the industry. Him, him and Andy Minio are just monsters. Minio's nice too. You know, I like one of his albums inside. What was it? In something inside. I don't remember what it was called. One of his more recent ones, like probably a couple years ago. Right. Um, and I like most of Lecrae's later albums, pretty much everything after rehab. Yeah. I rock with yeah. pretty, pretty love heavy. Gravity, Love Anomaly. Like those are some, those are some good ones. Yeah, man. He is a uh, really, uh, really dope man. But um, before this whole coronavirus stuff, have you had any live shows or anything pop in before then, before that happened? See, do, do you know, I've actually been so absorbed in um a lot of the those people entertainment stuff with the podcast and with the video stuff mm -hmm. that I've actually taken a little bit of a break when it comes to uh, live performances because yeah. I wanted to shift my focus on on uh, promoting the entire team. I think the music was more so centered around me, but because I have okay. a lot of friends that are talented that and, and these are friends that I grew up with in high school. Um, one of them I've right known since um since uh fourth grade um so we know each other we know each other for a while and we got together we formed those people entertainment and i wanted to kind of shift focus on that so all of us can kind of shine the light on each of our talents and our passions that's what's up man and uh that's funny man because like i have a a decent little fan base but 
is weird. It's still when I started my first podcast, uh, it was called Let's Rap About It. It was like a um, entertainment podcast, pretty much solely based on the music industry, entertainment industry. You know, kind of like this, but it was more news than like music industry stuff. You know what right. I mean? Kind of, I guess, kind of similar to like the Joe Button podcast. I, right. I watched that, listen to that podcast a lot. It was similar to that. And uh, we only did about nine episodes before everybody kind of went their separate ways. My homie moved to Vegas and, you know, a lot of good crap happened. So we ended up just banning the podcast. But um, it was weird. You know, like a lot of people knew me from that versus my music. Like people were like (laughs) would be stopping me in the stores and stuff. It was kind of weird. So the podcast can definitely help, you know, boost the other stuff around you as well. It's kind of a good tool to do that. Yeah, to be honest with you, man, between between the podcast and, and the lot in terms of um, my brand recognition. Yeah, man. I'm glad I, I stumbled across Rizzo. I saw it a long, long time ago when it was called Rumble. Yeah. And, uh, and I never got on it. I just, I didn't get it at first. I was like, okay, is it like news? I don't really know what's happening with it. But they kept showing the ad on my Instagram. I said, man, said, man let me download this app, see what's going on. And uh, I like it because that's what kind of got me into sharing my other content you know at yeah. this point up until this point only people knew me from the music podcast and making music but right you know on on rizzle that inspired me to start putting my superhero type content out in the public as well um i don't know if i told you i got another podcast called uh nerd out with eddie knight that's where i talk about all i saw that, that you know cool. they had the, the two episodes there was one on um a doom patrol and the other one on the snyder uh yeah 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 so so got that podcast as well and uh i'm gonna put some of that i'm gonna start doing some you know youtube videos on that type of topics as well so yeah man rizzo helped me out a lot and really just kind of keeping a schedule because they make you kind of stay on the schedule dropping those um um you know 30 videos a month or whatever but um yeah they, they make it- what were you saying yeah they, they make you work they make you put in that work for sure, man. You've been on Rizzo for a little bit longer than me. So if there's any content creators, musicians, or anything like that listening, go ahead and tell them uh, kind of what Rizzle is kind of briefly and tell them how it works. So Rizzle is, the best way I could describe Rizzle is like the thinking man's TikTok. You, uh, you get, it's a, basically a platform. You get 60 seconds at a time to speak and you get to create on whatever's on your mind or what you're thinking of at the time. Or if mm-hmm. you think of anything and you have a little bit of a creative block, there's a list of prompts that you could choose from that you could respond to and post as one of your own videos. And you can create different channels uh, based on different categories of your interests. And um, if you are super, super consistent, you could start winning sponsors, start actually making money off of the stuff that you talk about. Yeah, for sure, man. That is uh pretty much wraps it up in a nutshell. And Rizzle's really dope. I'm glad I found it. And uh, also to expand on that, guys, Rizzle is video only. You can only respond to people and talk to people with video responses and videos. No typing, yeah. no texting. No DMs, uh, nothing. Yeah, man, all video. So it's super, super unique. And I had a few sponsors. I haven't got any new ones in a while, probably because I haven't been super consistent this last couple of months, just kind of getting everything ready. But I had a few sponsors for a little while, you know, made a little money on there. Uh, how has, has it been like 
and a, a decent little extra income for you on there? It's, it's, a, it's decent pocket change, but I will say the more the more you um, can join. They have 360 contests. They have our series contests where you get to um, act on screen. Uh, you get to do some journalistic type of competitions. Um, and I've won quite a few um, in, in uh, things of my interest. And I think what's um, actually giving you a lot more money, um, the more you, the more competitions you enter, whether you win or not, the chances of winning money from them are very, very, very large. So yeah, too. Yeah, man, I'm so mad I missed the superhero contest, man. What, what was the biggest prize pot that you've won so far on there? Uh, the biggest prize out of all the competitions that I've won, the biggest prize I've won was $1,000 from the 360 Encore contest. I think the superhero was my second biggest, which was like 510 because I won in two different categories. I won first place overall, and then I won um, best uh, use of people. That's dope, man. Um, I figured, man, you had to make a little bit of stack on there because you were on the top earners section for a little while. So I figured you were doing pretty well on something. Um, so, yeah, man, that's dope. Content creators listening. If you are a creative person and you like to talk about stuff, any type of subject you want, you can make your own type of channels. Um, they aren't paying me to add this plug, man. But just check out Rizzle. Go to your app store. It's a free app. It's just Rizzle, R-I-Z-Z-L-E. Really, really dope app. Has a really lot of a lot of really dope stuff on there that you can get into, man. Definitely, definitely worth your time. For sure, man. But all right, man. Before we wrap this up, is there anything that people? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Matter of fact, talk about your podcast. Um, what do you guys talk about on your podcast? What is the name of your podcast? Where can people listening find your podcast? Okay, guys, on this section, GQ was just talking about his podcast. Something happened with the audio, so I'll just fill you in. His podcast is called the Alternative Facts Podcast. The spelling is a little bit different. Make sure you check the description of this podcast wherever you're listening to get the spelling of his podcast. Basically, they talk about current events, pop culture, movies, TV, music, all kind of stuff. They have all different types of perspective. It's him and a few of his friends. Some of them are hip-hop artists like him. Others are producers, audio engineers. Uh, just a lot of people from different walks of life who um, kind of get together and talk about common interests, you know, mainly pop culture and current events. So uh, if that type of stuff interests you, make sure you check out GQ's Alternative Facts podcast. Definitely, man. That is what's up, guys. Y'all make sure y'all check out the Alternative Facts podcast with your host, you know, of GQ of those people and the rest of his crew. Um, but, guys, that is that is going to wrap up episode one of season two, um, episode 11 in total. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, appreciate y'all guys. It's been rocking with me since. I still see the views of the podcast going up, even though there has not been a release in a month or two. So I appreciate y'all keep tuning in i am your host eddie knight and that was gq of those people and uh we appreciate y'all tuning in and thanks for having me. no problem bro i appreciate you for doing the podcast if you ever need me on yours man be sure to let me know absolutely